You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday quick programming note the network has decided to drop down to three days a week um, for most of our shows. I might do occasional extra ones, but we'll probably be on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule right now as we kind of get through this quarantine and no NBA basketball together. But we have more to talk about today, and there's quite a few things I want to cover in today's show. We're going to look at the salary cap and the impacts that um, it might have on the NBA next season because Things are in weird flux with that right now, and it's worth looking at, and actually could benefit the Pelicans uh, more than anyone else, potentially, depending on how things kind of shake out with this. I also want to look at a game. Let's talk about one that we saw earlier in the year, the win over the Indiana Pacers on, I want to say it was, I forget the exact date, but you know, the one on the road taking on February 8th, the Indiana Pacers, Pelicans winning 124-117 without Brandon Ingram, without Zion Williamson, that was a very good win, and let's kind of see what we learned from that game. And then finally, let's take a look at some of the shooting forms of the players here and the work Fred Vinson has done and how important that has been to this team and why Fred Vinson should get all of the money. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So let's talk about the NBA salary cap, and it's important to really consider the impact of the coronavirus on that because this potentially has ripple effects for years to come. So kind of the highest level version of this, the salary cap is set by the NBA's revenue. And when revenue dips, the salary cap dips. When revenue goes up, the salary cap goes up. And with that new TV deal, which is um, pays them about $2.4 billion a year, I think, for it, the uh, which is like ESPN, TNT, and all of those, when that new deal came into place, that's what caused that huge spike a couple of years ago that allowed Kevin Durant to join the Golden State Warriors. You don't normally see something like that. And so when it dips, like it is actually this year because of the lost revenue from China, from the Daryl Morey situation this offseason, well then, the salary cap dips and it's dropped a little less than a million dollars or so in terms of the projections. They don't really figure this out until the final couple days of the league calendar year. So with the NBA being on hiatus right now and suspending their season and unsure of what it's going to look like when they come back, and we talked about how some of it might look like in yesterday's show, and it sounds like there's more... um, traction on them all kind of converging on Las Vegas to finish out the year. Um, And we'll probably talk about that on Friday because it's going to be kind of cool and interesting, I think. The NBA could lose a lot of money from this. The TV contract is going to pay out because I believe there's contractual obligations and apparently you're allowed to make up missed games or canceled games in other ways. But what isn't necessarily going to come back is gate revenue Fans coming into the arena, buying concessions, which is factored in that, paying for parking, 
you know, paying you know, tickets and all of that and then buying merchandise in the team shop and the different kiosks around the Smoothie King Center in every team's arena. And that's where the NBA is really going to feel this. And the gate revenue is number two in terms of revenue streams for the NBA. So this likely means that the salary cap should be lower because the revenue has been less because of this unprecedented situation that everyone is dealing with it. And so what then happens? And this is where things could get kind of interesting. So if the NBA just kind of lets things you know, go as they are, the salary cap drops, teams that were over the cap, you know, remain over the cap, maybe it pushes some teams over the cap. And if the drop is pretty significant, under $100 million, let's say, most teams are going to kind of be over the cap. Cap space evaporates around the league. It impacts free agency with people taking smaller deals. Expirings probably for the future become significantly more important to try and have. And then teams that were pushing towards the luxury tax all of a sudden are in the luxury tax or luxury bill payments become exceedingly high because teams are so far over that. That is not a good thing for anyone in the league. It's not good for owners. It's not good for players. And so the NBA and the Players Association can come to an agreement. Uh, you know, I don't want to call it amending the CBA, but what have you, and figure out a solution on how to fix this. You could maybe set the salary cap based off of future projected revenues and not off of this, hopefully, one-time occurrence and kind of outlier of a situation, freak thing that is going on right now. And I think that is probably the safest move. The salary cap dropping for any isn't good. It is. It will then wreck teams' long-term planning for you know, and and what they've already built towards for it being at a specific number for something that you really can't quite account for. And I don't know if that's fair to teams around the league. I don't think that's what the NBA wants. And players want to go out and sign big money free agent contracts, and they're not going to be able to do it if the salary cap drops. So I would not be surprised if the league and the players association come together to try and figure out a solution for this to basically say, let's kind of keep the cap basically where, where it should be. And we'll just kind of operate business as usual for all of this. Um, and if they were to think any money should be just kind of taken out of there for the future, like things that will reoccur, maybe the China numbers baked into that a little bit. So maybe it does drop a little bit, but off things that are more likely to happen in the future and that we're going to happen no matter what and aren't coronavirus related. But it remains to be seen, but this is big impacts because if it does drop, the Pelicans are actually positioned pretty well to retain this entire roster, whereas other teams may not be able to do so. They have the bird rights on all of their free agents. You have Ingram that you can sign to an extension above the salary cap, so you're not worried about all of that. The only thing would be where does the luxury tax threshold get put into place and are the Pelicans going to be pushing that? But I don't think they really would be depending on how far down the cap drops. So they could be positioned in a very good spot. You might see a team like the Philadelphia 76ers who all of a sudden are in like luxury tax hell, the Golden State Warriors, unbelievable luxury tax hell, that maybe they blow up their rosters because of this. And the Pelicans don't seem like they would be in position to blow up their roster based off of the salary cap dropping helps their chances for the you know next season in the foreseeable future. So they could be looking at being one of the teams coming out of this on the better end of the spectrum in terms of having a competent roster that can compete without it being too expensive for the time being. And now it does help that you have Zion on a rookie deal with all of that. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that works. Um, and we will see, but of course, you know, they could recap a lot of money with the Vegas plan, which we'll talk about on Friday, but we'll see where it goes from here.
So today's show is brought to you by my bookie. Sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball bench and pitchers off the mound, but our friends at my bookie aren't going to let it get you down. Stay sane and entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with my bookie. Video poker, not your thing, but still need a fix. They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at their tables live on site 24-7. If your favorite squad is sidelined because of the pandemic, don't sweat it. My bookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll big again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable. They're upfront. And best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LONBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. Sorry, it's locked on NBA for your first casino deposit. That's promo code locked on NBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. You can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code locked on NBA to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on NBA. You spin, you win, you get paid. So let's go back and recap a game that I thought was particularly important this season for the Pelicans, and that's game on February 8th against the Indiana Pacers, a 124-117 win against a pretty good Pacers team who was 31-22 and after that game. And they did this without Brandon Ingram. They did it without Zion Williamson. You're on the road against a playoff team in the East, East, but still, you kind of look at this and go, this is probably a loss for New Orleans. This isn't a game that they're going to win, and frankly, you have a built-in an excuse for that and it's okay. But that's not what happened in this one. The Pelicans really rose to the occasion. Now, there was also no Victor Oladipo for the Indiana Pacers in this one, but they'd been without him for most of the year and they were still a pretty good team and they're well coached. Um, so when you look at this one, this has the makings of a loss, but New Orleans stepped up and won. It was close. But at one point, New Orleans was up by as many as 12 in this game, and they were led by Drew Holiday, and this is like the best version of Drew Holiday there is. 31 points on the night for him, 10 assists, along with 6 rebounds. He was 4 of 7 from 3. And then when you watch this game again, look at how aggressive he was. This is the Drew Holiday we always want to see, not kind of the passive guy. There's times when he's more focused on being a point guard, but when he can just kind of go and do his thing, which is drive and attack and open up the rest of the game for everybody else, that's where he really, truly shines. He only took three mid-range shots in this game. All the other ones were him attacking the basket and getting into the paint. And that's what you need to see from a guy like this. You even saw that aggression from Lonzo Ball in this one too, which is still kind of rare to see from him. He had 15 points on the night, but he only made one three. Four of his shots came in the paint. And he was aggressive and driving and attacking. He hit two long mid-rangers too in this one, one of his better shooting nights overall. But him and being aggressive and attacking is exactly the type of player that we want to see him be and the right, why we know he can all be so good. He had 15 uh, points on the night along with seven assists and five boards. It's a pretty good night for him despite shooting one of five. You had Derek Favors chip in an efficient 15 and 11. 
15 points on eight shots. Nicolo Melli gave you three threes. This was a game where you watch this team play and you're like, oh, the offense is good because when these role players, and that's what Nicolo Melli is, that's kind of what Derek Favors is too. When they're on, there's a lot of talent on this team. And when they play kind of the high end level of play for them, they're very, very good. You even have Josh Hart, who got the start in the backcourt with nine points and seven boards, being a guard in this game. He was three of seven from deep, three of nine overall. Playing, uh, shooting threes, playing defense, grabbing rebounds. What more do you want from him? And he was excellent, and the team was excellent. You had J.J. Redick with 23 points off the bench. And again, this is a sound Indiana Pacers team. They're pretty good defensively, and the Pelicans just ran fast and played their style of ball. Taking a lot of threes, they took 39 in this game, made a bunch of those threes, hitting 15, that's 40%, and did their thing, and they won the game despite not having their leading scorer in Brandon Ingram or the rookie phenom in Zion Williamson. Other guys just stepped up. J.J. Redick off the bench, again, 23 points on 3 of 8 from 3, but 7 of 15 from the field overall. Frank Jackson gave you 9 points. Etwan Moore, 7. You need those guys to step up in a situation like this, and they did. And it shows you what the ceiling for this roster could be on a game-by-game basis. They're capable of beating some pretty decent teams. Maybe not the best teams in the league, but pretty good ones. And if they were to ever put things all together, together, you'd feel pretty confident about them at least getting into the playoffs. And we'll we'll see if that happens or not. For the Indiana Pacers in this one, you had Jeremy Lamb with 26 points, and he was kind of the main guy for the team. TJ Warren had 22. That's okay. And they kind of shut down some of the other guys. Brogdon only had 17 in this one. Miles Turner wasn't nearly as effective, only 10 points. Sabonis only 16. This is kind of the performance you've wanted to see all season long from the Pelicans, particularly being led by Drew Holiday, showing just how good he can be. Now, the question then becomes when you look at a performance like this, does he need Brandon Ingram not to be in the game? Does he need Lonzo, or not, uh, Zion Williamson to not be in the game to open things up for him and allow him to kind of be the man, to be allowed to dominate, to use the words of David Griffin, as he had said? You know, that's where things get a little bit questionable because, frankly, you want to see this from him more often than we've been seeing. It feels like at times this has been almost a down year or a disappointing year for Drew Holiday. And that could become uh, be a thing because of the expectations set by David Griffin, not realizing maybe how good Brandon Ingram could be, how good Zion Williamson was going to be once he started playing. But this is where you look at this and you're like, Drew, why don't we get this more from you? And that would be the super nice thing to see. But it was a great performance in that game. It showed he can step up when needed and still lead this team. And maybe there is nothing wrong with him deferring to some of these other guys and coming through in the moment when he needs to come through and get a very big win for the Pelicans when they needed a very big road win. So you've got to give him credit for this game. And he was awesome and led the Pelicans to a, you know, tense-ish victory that was a kind of eye-opening performance from a lot of guys on the roster and how good this team could be and why we all thought they were going to fight for the playoffs going forward. Today's show also brought to you by Echelon. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. Frankly, you can't even go to a gym right now, so it doesn't matter. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever 
whatever your activity level is. And with daily life and uh, live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym again. And you can't right now, so this is a great solution. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. That's echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad offer, and complete details. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. So in the final segment of the show, I want to talk about something that was sent to me. Shout out Matt here uh, regarding Lonzo Ball. And it was a picture and I hadn't seen a graphic like this before of kind of his shooting form. And we know his shot was pretty janky and ugly uh, for the past two years. And at the start of the season, he was working on retooling it. Basically, uh, the initial thing when people watch this were like, oh, it's slow. And that was never the big issue that it, he was slow to get the shot off. It was always the way his arm crossed over his face from his right side to his left side. And it is just like no way to shoot this this jumper where you kind of want the ball on the, op- the same side of your head. And he would carry it over to the opposite side where his forearm crosses in front of his face and eyes and probably just makes it impossible to see the basket and have, you know, the right type of control that you want on the jumper. There's a reason why, you know, his rookie year, he shot under uh, 32, under 31% from three. His second year, he didn't even crack 33%. And it was just bad. He wasn't a good three-point shooter. There was a game last season where the Pelicans played the Lakers and they just left the dude wide open. He took 15 threes. He made three of them. That is a way to lose games. But this year, he's been really good, and he's been working with Pelicans assistant coach Fred Vinson, who's known kind of as a very, kind of, is known as a very good shooting coach. And you're seeing kind of the the big results this year, particularly with Lonzo Ball, who has been a good three-point shooter at this point. There's no denying that. He is a good three-point shooter, and you're fine when he takes a three now. Over the past 25 games, he's shooting 41.1% from deep. Those are very good numbers for him. Those are very good numbers for anybody. On the season, when he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year, he's still shooting 38.3%, and he's doing it on 6.5 attempts per game, so pretty good volume. So overall, that's what you want to see. He's actually taking the most three-pointers per game on anyone in the Pelicans. So he is our best shooter, in a sense, right now. Uh, in terms of volume and percentage. So he's been great, and he's improved tremendously there. J.J. Redick's still the best shooter, though. We all know that. And Lonzo Ball's done incredibly, incredibly well. And this means that when you get into the half court where he's not a true point guard and does have very obvious limitations to his game, that he is still fine to have out there on the court because he can make threes and hit open threes. And he can is can and is spacing the court for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. This is really good. And this is really due to Fred Vinson. And I've talked to him before. And I know he said that this is probably the hardest he's worked all season long or in, in any of his years to get guys to shoot the ball really well. He also is working with, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram. Ingram's got his own uh, shooting coach as well. But Vincent has got a big part of that too. And Brandon Ingram is shooting 39% from deep and doing much better 
than he ever has been from that uh, aspect of his game. So you're seeing the improvement of two guys on this team, but Vincent's influence goes back way further. Anthony Davis developed a somewhat credible three-point shot and a very, very deadly mid-range game that was basically uncontestable. And he was great at that kind of hick and pop game where he pulls up to about 15 feet away and takes a jumper and drained it very, very consistently working with Fred Vinson. Think about some other guys too. Tyreek Evans was not a shooter whatsoever till he started working with Fred Vinson. And all of a sudden he became pretty reliable. Aminu stretched his game out to the three-point line though not horribly successfully with the Pelicans, but started to develop that as well. So Fred Vinson has his thumbprints over a number of guys in the league that have made significant improvements to their shooting. And you could argue that Vinson should maybe get some money from all of their contracts, but certainly this is a guy that the Pelicans want to try and keep and need to keep because you're going to need to work with Zion on this a good bit too because you want him, if he can, to continue to develop that three-point shot, which is something that he's been able to kind of hit you know at least in the first game that he played less successfully the rest of the way but it's still if he can develop that he's going to be even scarier of a player than he already is but Fred Vincent is a guy the Pelicans absolutely have to keep I have no doubt they will make every effort to keep him he has been phenomenal with this team and it's really really great to see. So I'm happy that you're seeing Vincent kind of get more of the spotlight on him than he has ha- ever had really before. And it's because of the tremendous work he's done with these guys. Lonzo Ball developing over the course of a season and not reverting to the poor shooting form, which is easy to do as years of muscle memory takes over, is an unbelievably impressive thing. And three-point shooting, particularly around Zion and with a team that wants to run like this, makes them even better as just does, you know, three-point shooting in general on a team. So it's very cool to see. So great work by Fred Vinson and the rest of the staff on getting these guys where they need to be and making this a big part of the Pelicans offense. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to the sponsors. My bookie, use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and Echelon L-O-N-B-A is great if you need, if you're, when we're all stuck inside right now. Uh, so thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Friday.